to The Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to episode 19 of the Fight Podcast. I am your host, as always, Serge Vicente. Welcome to the Fight Podcast, a combat sports and culture podcast. Um, we are here today, bright and early in our Chicago studios. Um this week we have a great show lined up for you uh, we recap the ufc fight night singapore as well as the pro fighters league regular season event number two um right here in chicago we have an exclusive an exclusive interview with ufc legend and co-host of dana white's looking for a fight dean thomas we're gonna hit the air horns for that <laughs> so um we have that we're gonna go ahead and touch base um uh, with uh, again with the best events this week and again this week we're gonna do something a little different we actually gonna have not one but two two episodes of the fight podcast this week so i'm actually not gonna go ahead and do a breakdown for the upcoming fight card this weekend but um we're just gonna go ahead and touch base on the epic pfl event this past week as well as uh our interview um with Dan Dan Thomas uh, as well. Um, we're going to go ahead and do prospect alerts, fighter focus, and we can't forget our IG story poll results. And as always, we'll go ahead and do my weekly takeaways. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first, not one, not two, but three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show by checking us out at www.thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate share on iTunes and SoundCloud and purchase merch today all right this week was great man um the UFC in Singapore was it was okay. It was a good time. It was obviously entertaining to watch. Granted, 
7 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how many people are watching, especially being on Fight Pass, but I digress. We'll go ahead and double back to that in a little bit. Um, But, man, this week has been really good in terms of, for instance, the PFL event that was actually here in Chicago this past week. Um, And I'll be honest with you, it was by far the best card of the weekend. It was great. Um, I have to say, okay, just the card in general. The card in general um, was headlined by Chicago's very own Will Brooks, um, and he was fighting Luis Firmino. Uh, For those of us who don't know Luis Firmino, absolute killer. Um, So this was was a tough fight. Um, this fight also had um, Ramsey Ninja on it against Brian Foster. Um, it was the debut of Judo Olympian Kayla Harrison. Uh, man, Ronnie Marks performed. Efren Escudero versus Jason High. On the undercard, the Jiu-Jitsu phenom Vinny Magalhaes uh, competed. Uh, so all in all, I mean, Tiago Tavares versus... Uh, Robert Wadley. This was a stacked card, um, and and it, and it and it lived up to the expectations. It performed. There were knockouts. There were submissions. The entire night was extremely entertaining. Honestly, except for the um, the headlining event, Will Brooks versus Permina, which I'm be honest with you, is two tough guys, the upper echelon guys. Sometimes you end up getting these type of stalemates, and it, I mean it is what it is. But regardless on the fact, the event was beautiful. It was perfect. Um, Kayla Harrison. She's a star in the making. Uh, think about this. Ronda Rousey. With the limited MMA experience that she had, she, yes, she was a, um, a, a, a judo Olympian as well, but she was a judo bronze medalist. What, let's be honest, it's nothing to sneeze at. She's a bronze medalist, and you see what she did in MMA. She's almost solely responsible to really bringing women's MMA to the mainstream. Now... What ended up happening with with uh, and what it, what is uh, Kayla's credentials? Well, she's not a bronze medalist. She's a gold medalist. She is the best women's jujitsu practitioner. I'm not. I'm sorry, judo uh, in that weight class. You have to show respect. And you know what? Striking looks good. Her ground and pound looks incredible. She seems very, very physically strong. Obviously, she has she finishes the fight with an arm bar. Um, so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful performance by Kayla Harrison. Salute to her. Um, and again, the rest of the car was unbelievable. Uh, the only kind of black eye, Efren Escudero gets a uh, guillotine finish against Jason High when Jason High was one of the fight. And let's be honest. The referees stopped the fight, and honestly, Efren Escudero didn't have in this choke. Jason Hyde never tapped. This 100% needs to be a no contest. And once this is actually a no contest, 
then we can go ahead and play around and, and do some other things. But until but this needs to be rectified. Jason Hyde does not deserve to get a, a loss in his record for this. And let's be honest, Efren Escudero, who receives zero points um, for the tournament itself, because he also missed weight. So not only did Jason Hyde have to deal with the problem of dealing with an opponent that was overweight, he also had to go ahead and deal deal with not actually tapping. So I feel bad for him. Uh, but aside from that, the rest of the car was amazing. Brian Foster with the incredible KO of uh, Ramsey Ninjam. Ramsey Ninjam is a former Ultimate Fighter winner for the UFC. Um, Somebody who has an incredible, incredible skill set. I'm be honest with you, I didn't know that much about Brian Foster, but he goes ahead and just dominates that fight from bell to bell. He ends up finishing Ramsey's in the second round with a flying knee. One of the best performances of the evening. Not only that, we saw a first round finish from Vinny Magalhaes nothing surprising there he's one of the best jujitsu practitioners of the world in the world so all in all a beautiful beautiful card by the pfl i love what they're doing now here's the thing oh the venue this card was actually at the historical chicago theater um for those of us who don't know chicago i'm sure we have all seen pictures of the skyline and there's different pictures of of the theaters this is the really famous theater with the big light up chicago sign and um if you haven't been you need to um it's, it's, a, it's a great venue. Um, you can feel the history as you walk in. And they had it decked out in there. Um, everything was perfect. The staff was great. Um, they took care of everybody. Now, here's my one concern. The UFC's the big dog. Bellator's number two. Yes, PFL is on NBC Sports, and I think they're doing a very good job of marketing, but they need to continue because if they do not, those of us who know MMA, this reminds me of the IFL that has since come and left. This reminds me of some of those other organizations. So I think that the PFL has done a better job of having a more stacked lineup. But aside from having this crazy stack lineup, it doesn't matter if nobody is watching. And I'm going to be very honest with you. This was a fantastic event. Honestly, it, it rivals the event that the UFC had here the week before. But one thing I will say is that. Yes, it rivaled the event, but man, there was nearly nobody. I mean, there were empty seats. <laughs> there was definitely empty seats. So I want the PFL to really start getting these pushes. I hope now with the UFC and MMA and Ariel Hawani on um, ESPN, more organizations like the Pro Fighters League will go ahead and actually get the love that they deserve. So all in all, beautiful event by the PFL. I'm a huge, huge fan. And um, 
And yeah, I mean, they have another event. I believe it's in Washington, D.C. in two weeks. And we'll go ahead and break that down for their um, their week three. All right. So this week, um, just moving along again, that was the PFL. And this is where we gonna do something a little different. This week, I had the pleasure <laughs> of speaking with Dan Thomas. I've been a fan of this dude since season four of The Ultimate Fighter way back in 2006. It was The Ultimate Fighter, the, the comeback season. They had Matt Serra in that season. You had Chicago's very own Shoney Carter, along with just a litany of other amazing competitors. Um, I was able to go ahead and speak to Dan Thomas um, about... Chicago pizza. We talked about improv comedy. We talked about coaching some of the best athletes in the world and more on this interview. For those of us who don't know Dan Thomas, he's an MMA legend who has since become one of the top coaches in MMA, coaching the likes of Tyron Woodley, Amanda Nunes, Joanna Jacek, and more over at American Top Team down in Coconut Creek, Florida. Um, with an overall record of 26 and 9, he is the current co-host of Dana White's Looking for a Fight. I hope you love my interview uh, and my conversation with Jim, with uh, Dill, with Dylan Thomas here on the Fight Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. All right. Cool. Cool bet, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. What's happening? Oh, brother, I'm doing very well, man. I appreciate your time today, man. It's all good, man. You know what I'm saying? We got to look out for each other. Dude, hey, hey, I appreciate it. You know, and and honestly, man, it's funny you say that, man, because really that is the reason why I wanted to start this podcast also. I truly didn't feel as if we had enough representation. Um, I mean, especially, look, most times you hear about things is coming from people from New York or L.A. I'm from Chicago. I'm a Chicago dude. I'm black and Puerto Rican. So I felt like, you know, you know, it's people like me out there fighting. I want to make sure I'm speaking on it. And I just I, I love the sport. I love all combat sports, man. So, yeah, brother, we listen, try to make it. Hey, listen, represent. I was just in Chicago a couple of days ago and uh, Chicago got a bad rap. And it's uh, misrepresented. It is, man. I think it's a a much better city than what a lot of people give it credit for. Man, people look at Chicago like we have some, we're like this messed up, you know, violent city when realistically it's not as bad as people seem yes there's violence everywhere unfortunately but um no chicago is a beautiful city man so uh you know i appreciate you coming to the city man and enjoyed it man i was actually at the uh i was i was at the pfl event myself this week okay yeah so i was out there with will brooks and he said at best he said nobody comes to chicago and has a bad time Never. And I thought about that. I said, it's true. Like, I, like, every time I've been there, I've never had a bad time. I've never had anybody go there and tell me they had a bad time. I only hear about, you know, these horror stories in the news. So right. that's all you hear about. But you never hear any personal accounts of people going to Chicago and having a bad time. I mean, it, it definitely... I mean, we already know with the political climate, I think everybody kind of knows, you know, why Chicago is used as a, you know, they throw us under the bus like that, man. But all in all, like, I, you know, tell me you had a slice of pizza while you were out here, at least. Well, I did and I didn't. 
<laughs> so, 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 do what you you came here at like like uh like the regular thin crust pizza? No, well, sort of. No, I went to so you know me and uh my my man Conan Silvera, we went on this mission to go to Luminati's. Yes, sir. And uh, on my our way, pizza. what's that? It's a, it's my favorite pizza in the city. Luminati's. Yes, sir. Yeah, so we went there. We're, well, we walked there, but we couldn't find it. Okay. And on our mission to find it, we went to another spot called uh, Cargo Cargo Roma or something like Cargo Roma. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's decent yeah. pizza still. They still have yeah, yeah. So, so we ended up going there, and they had like this exotic pizza. And I said, all right, it may not be the deep dish that I sought out for, but I'm gonna stick with this. And it was great. I thought it was great. And then um. And then the next day, I went to Luminati's to get a piece, and they had no slices, just slices there. Yeah. And it, it took like takes like forty five minutes to make one. It is. And I, I don't. Have, I ain't got forty five minutes. <laughs> so I had to raise up. I couldn't get it. Oh man. Oh hey. Next time you're in the city, hey, I you know I, I'd love to treat you though. Actually, a deep dish Luminati's, man. We'll take care of you, man. <laughs> Man, I appreciate that because yeah, I, I've worked. I tried to get it. I couldn't get it though. Oh man, I understand, man. So check this out. I wa- so what, what I want to do, and what I've tra- I'm trying to do, especially with the show itself, is not only again give us a little bit of representation. What I want to do is I want to actually show people, and you know this better than most, that there are so many intelligent and sophisticated individuals in the fight game, whether it be boxing, MMA, kickball, whatever the case may be. There's always like super bright people, you know. So what I want to do is I'm actually like I want to ask you stuff that's just honestly know more about yourself and let people know again more so your story let people know more about yourself and let people know the depths of people you know like yourself I mean for the people who don't know I mean one of the best ever to compete I mean what 26 and 9 I messed that up yeah 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 yeah, 26 and 9. I mean, you're currently doing the, you know, the Dana White looking for a fight, which I'm not going to lie, you're hilarious on. <laughs> like, that was great, man. Like, it's, it's one of the Thank best you. things, I, you know, it's, it's one of the best. Uh, I have to say, I, I've given Dana White and the USC a bunch of stuff, you know, with my, with my homies over the last couple years. But the contender series and the looking for a fight is entertaining, man. Like, I enjoy both of those a lot. Yeah, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. We um, we we have a good time. I'll say that we oh. have a good time. <laughs> Dude, it, it looks like it, man. Yeah. I, I'm like, man, to be a fly on the wall out there at those events would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we um, you know, we have a good time. They give us pretty much creative liberty to do whatever we want when we're doing like those different zany stunts. But um, yeah, we just we just have a good time, and it comes across on camera. That's what's up. Now, do you guys, I mean, and I, I get into some of the other questions, but do you guys actually, um, like, come up with those things, like, the, the activities yourselves? Do you guys sit down, like, yo, this would be really dope if we did this? Or, like, or is it kind of no, like the producers? The exact opposite. It's the production team. Okay, okay. They, yeah, they come up, they don't even, they don't really even tell us. <laughs> Everything's kind of a secret. Like, I try to get it out of them earlier so I can prepare myself. Yeah. on what we're going to do because a lot of things you know I'm uncomfortable with it and I think that's kind of the uh, what makes it so intriguing is that like we're uncomfortable doing a lot of that stuff but um, they don't tell us they just say hey we're, we're doing this today and we're like oh man no <laughs> <laughs> but then I mean it, so now we get to play around with it and have a good time with it though no that's dope man when you guys did the stand up comedy if they just threw that at you guys you know I I, I know my, myself personally I think I'm a funny dude but actually go up in front of people and actually do stuff it had to be crazy nerve wrecking man so the fact that they just threw it at you guys man kudos to you dude <laughs> 
Well, yeah, they did. But that was one thing that they, they gave me three days notice on that. Oh, okay. That's so. Well, actually, not even. They gave me two days because I had just signed on to do the show. Okay. Um, for that episode, and, and that was on um, like Tuesday, like Wednesday or something. They were like, I left on like Thursday, and they just told me, "Hey, listen, we're, we're going to do stand up. You got to write a set." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and I had never done it before. I had never done it before, but I do come from an improv background. I know improv is really big in Chicago, so I have a show tonight actually. Oh, that's but, uh, dope. So I have an improv background. Get your yes hand on, bro. Or yeah. So I just treated it like that. I was like, okay, it's like hosting an improv show. But um, so I treated it like that, which is what kind of got me through it. That's what's up. Hey, man, it, it was dope. And uh, yeah, I, you definitely went ahead and got your yes and on up there, man. So I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you from Chicago. It's funny because like everybody I talk to about improv, they're kind of like, what is that? Is that stand up? I'm like, nah, man. But like anybody from Chicago, knows what improv is we have to man it's ingrained it's pizza and improv i mean you have to know yeah. them, man and, and the sports team so hey yeah 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 man so i so so question for you man um one of, a couple of things that I want people to know again, just being, you know, wanting to know people with like just a little bit more in depth into like the fighter's mind. Like, what is some of the like the most, the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made, you know, within your like career? It just not just in your career, just in like life. Like, what is some of like the the most worthwhile investments you've ever made? I mean, that's that's a very good question, um, and I don't know if there's any like one thing that I could say that did it, but I say like if, if, if there's a combination of things um, that I can kind of put this all under one umbrella and I'd say that's traveling okay. and learning from different people. Now I can't say like who those people are because right. you can learn from anybody right. from different backgrounds and experiences, but I'd say the biggest investment that anybody could ever make is mm-hmm. to travel and learn from different people. And, yeah. and come at everybody with an open mind. Right. And I think it's the problem in our society today is that everybody's so ingrained in the way they think and they have such a closed mind. They go, this is my way, that's it. But when you look at things from other people's perspective who grew up differently from you or have different experiences than you, you'll see that like you, your experiences are just your experiences, but you're closing yourself off to the world. Right. And, that, and that applies to mixed martial arts as well. Um, I, we can get in that later, but that does apply yeah. to like life and mixed martial arts and everything you do. No, I mean, I mean that makes sense too. I mean, again, like you're saying with you know mixed martial arts and stuff, I can see that being a huge difference because I mean, there's so many different people that have so many different, just a wealth of experience, you know, in different things that I mean, it might not be right where you are. So I mean, definitely, man, traveling. Not enough people do it, man. It really, it's it's um, it's one of the best things I know I've done in my life, and like I love that you actually brought that up because I think people don't understand just the power in that and being able to be out there and say like yeah like this person is different but you know we, we can hang out you know we, I'm sure you've been all kind of crazy places especially with you know the fighting is taking you and you're out there with people from who barely speak the same language and you guys can kick it and have a good time strictly based on you know oh, you guys have found that common ground and if you don't travel you don't have those experiences you don't understand that so it's really cool you know for you to bring that up. Well, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you this is that you know when I went to Germany, you know we talk about you know America being the greatest country. I have to be careful here because I don't want people knocking on my door. But you know, we, you know, we, we talk about America being the greatest country in the world, and you know we're so kind of self-centered about our views of our of our country. And when I want to, when I went to Germany, you know that 
I mean, it was such a cool place. And it was just like, I, and I kind of had to question, you know, what makes America so great? I'm in this country and it's great, but they don't have that same sense of national pride and brag about it. But it was a great country. Mm-hmm. And and I had to kind of question our values and go, what makes us so much better than them? And I thought that was a great place. So, yeah, yeah I mean, just, just getting out and seeing and, and going to different places. I mean, it's an experience that everybody should do. That's dope. No, you're right, man. That's something that uh, I, I just don't think enough people do, man. And, but um, yeah. that's great. So, okay, so you kind of piggybacking off, off of that. So those are your greatest experiences. Like, that's one of the things that you've invested in. For yourself, over the last year, right, over the last year, what is your or six months to a year, what is the best investment you've made of under $100? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, under 100 bucks. Keeping with investments, right? What's that? <laughs> Keeping with investments, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, those, yeah, right. those small investments, man. Um, small investments of under 100 bucks. Well, that's a good, I don't even know, man. Um, I'm trying to think because I don't really spend a lot of money yeah. on anything. I feel, hey, that's even better, man. I know you have so like, because, okay, so for, for me, like, I know that uh, I get these these goofy like thirty dollar packs of this mushroom like powder stuff, and it's like um, it, the company's called Forces Sigmatic, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's thirty bucks it's thirty bucks a month, and I it pisses me off every time I buy it. But it, it might it might be a placebo effect, but it's supposed to like really stimulate the neurons in your brain and whatnot, and it really helps like focus you. And at least for me who's half ADD in my own right, I need anything that can focus hey, me. <laughs> hey, you got to let me know what that is because I think I might invest in that. Bro, <laughs> oh, it, I, know what, I, know what, I know what mine is now. Okay. I know what mine is now. Yeah, yeah. See, if I had the mushroom stuff, I would have knew it earlier. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm a real, like, I'm, I'm always on the go. I'm always traveling and, and going from place to place. Like, so I'm always in the car. Okay. So I have, like, most of the times I eat is in the car. Yeah. So I invested in, like, a, um, a car pad for my seat. It was, like, 20 bucks <laughs> for my seat. So it keeps, so I can eat in the car without messing up my seats. Hey, so, hey, yeah. Hey, so you like, know, everybody needs one of those, man. Any, any working individual understands. <laughs> yeah, because, like, my car seats are so disgusting from spilling food. Right. I, I got this car seat, and now I can, it lays down, it's soft, it's comfortable, and I can just wash it. So that I don't have to, yeah, that's probably my best investment. See that? Okay, there it is. That's see, that's perfect, man. The twenty bucks, like I said, man, saves saves a headache. Yeah. Um, So okay, so in the last five years, I mean, again, you've been traveling, you've been doing different things, like you know, like that. So in the last five years for yourself. or not even that. What advice would you give somebody who wants to be like? I'll, t- I'll double back to that last question. But what advice? I mean, you're an incredible coach, and for those people who don't know, I mean, you coach some of the best fighters in the w- world. I mean, we just talked about Will Brooks. I mean, you have the Tyron Woodleys of the world. You know, who's the, you know the 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 welterweight you know cha- the king right now, uh, yeah. and at the UFC. So for yourself, I mean, what advice would you give somebody realistically who wants to start off? And not even as a fighter itself, somebody who would not, I mean, yes, as a fighter or as an athlete in the sport, but for yourself, like even someone who wants to coach or just get into business. I mean, you're somebody who is such, you know, just not, you're ingrained in the entertainment aspect of it also. So what advice, even for somebody like myself, would you have, you know, for people just moving through, like getting through the ebbs and flows of uh, the MMA, you know, combat sports world? 
I think the most important thing, like getting involved in MMA from all different levels or whatever door you want to come in at, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta find people that you can trust. Okay. Because yeah, this game is full of people that because it's so easy to get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like there's not it's, you know, there's not like a lot of like criteria or like tests you have to take. Hey man, anybody has a gym, man. I, yeah, I, any, it's true. I know blue belts that are like, oh, I have a school now. I'm teaching. I'm like, bro, you're yeah. blue belt. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, when I when I first started teaching was in 90, 98, 99, 1999. But that was 1999. There was yeah. nothing else. So, I mean, I, but nowadays it's like anybody can open a school. You don't, you know, there's no requirements. This, it's not like the state, you know, it's not accredited. So like anybody can do it. Anybody can get involved. Any promoter can throw a show if he has money. I think the the, the best thing you need to do is to just check, pe- check the people that you're dealing with mm-hmm. and make sure they have reputable, you know, reputations and, you know, they're not trying to screw you over because anybody can get involved in this game and there's a lot of snakes. There's something about MMA that just attracts snakes and just, yeah. it, it really yeah, it really attracts the lowest common denominator of the human psyche. And it's all, you're, you're gonna be dealing with some some snakes out there. So just really make sure you deal with good people. It's quality people. Man, that's funny. You know, you're right, man. They, I have, even in myself, in the short time that I've been involved in the sport, you, you see it. And it's really like plain to see. You're like, ooh. Like I'm not going over there, man. You know, <laughs> see that guy get get off the get that guy away from me. You know, you know it was funny, man. The the, the the my first actual all around MMA coach, and ends up being a good guy. I know you know him, uh, Shoney Carter. Yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah he's a great guy. Yeah, great guy. So I got lucky. My first experience into the MMA realm was that dude who would literally give the shirt off his back to you. You know, yeah. now granted, he's got hit in the head one too many times. You know, it's my brother. I love him. <laughs> you know, but. Uh, but that's, that's what comes with the territory, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're involved in this game, like, there's there's some loose screws about you anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, even the good guys have some loose screws. Yeah. But they're good guys. But that's one thing. Like, if you've been involved in this game for a long time, you, you're probably a little deranged. But you're probably... but. You're probably one of the good guys because like you, they come and go. Like the snakes do come and go. That's true. Um, well, so with that, man, if you had, if you could have a, like a crazy, huge, gigantic billboard in any like major city in the country or in the world, whatever. What with that, like, and knowing with all your experiences you had and you've accumulated through life, what would you say and what would be on that huge billboard? I, it would be like a picture of me, like. Um, <laughs> punching somebody in the face with a suit and tie on um, <laughs> and laughing about it and it just says renaissance man <laughs> you got well, with the, whole, the, the tie flying one way as yeah, you're like yeah, making contact <laughs> punching the guy in his face his teeth flying out of his mouth and me and then like a, a, a cloud caption of ha 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 Hey, but it's cool because that actually like shows so much and you see that it will legitimately make the people actually have to think and be like you know renaissance man like yo that's crazy and it really is you know yeah yeah I mean I, you know I do so many different things on such opposite ends of the spectrum that it's kind of like it's real weird well do you mind like letting me like because I know you do just for just in following your career and kind of knowing like what other things like have you really been involved with over the last because I mean aside, I know you're, you're coaching and dude when you're in there with people like like the Joanna and Tyra I mean I'm sure that like pulls so much of your time and energy but then you have like the shows I mean how many things are you juggling right now 
Well, yeah, so like I'm, uh, you know, I do improv. I'm in three different improv troops in, in South Florida, in West Palm. So up, I do that. That's yeah. that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm acting. Okay. So I've done I've done a few plays here, and I just I did a short film called Sandbox Memories. And if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. It's on YouTube for free called Sandbox Memories. Okay, I'll check it out. I'm yeah, so I'm, I'm acting. And then um, you're still doing some stand-up comedy. And, you know, it, it's difficult trying to juggle all those different areas of creativity because they're so different from the fight, the fight game that you're involved in. Um, but, you know, and I'm coaching a lot of different fighters, too. So it's tough because you want to give each fighter the same amount of attention. But that's the, it's hard because you don't have enough energy and time to give everybody the same amount of attention. But like even like right now, I just got done with Will Brooks. But behind Will Brooks, I got Antonio Carlos Jr. who's fighting Derek Brunson. Yeah. And August 4th, I got Jessica Aguilar who's fighting Jody Escobar. I got Mark DeCase who's fighting uh, in Germany. So I got like all these guys and then even younger guys want to come up. And so I'm trying to take care of all these guys and that's so much energy. But then I got to still save some for me because I have my own creative outlets that I'm trying to still try to uh, manifest to the world. So it gets difficult. Do you, do you think that the way in being involved, let's say in MMA, you know, in your entire life essentially, and do you feel as if that, you know, the way as athletes, we have to compartmentalize and really just have so many, like you, we have to know so many different skill sets, right? Do you feel like the way that your brain, uh, you know, pretty much compartmentalizes everything, it helps you with, you know, with you, you know, juggling everything, with your the balancing act, with staying creative on top of still, you know, giving the time? Do you feel like, you know, what you've learned over the years of like going to kickboxing, then wrestling, then going to jujitsu, like all those type of things have helped with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I came up at a time in MMA. Like, when I first started MMA, I mean, it was so different than it is now. Like, you can go into a gym and you're like, yeah, dude, I want to fight. But back then, it was like, you had to kind of, you had to kind of figure it out on your own. Like, you had to go to, like, wrestle with some high school kids. And then you had to go to a jiu-jitsu place. It only did gi. And then you had to go to, like, a boxing gym. And then you had to go to, like, a kickboxing gym. And then you had to do, you know, that, or maybe you only had some karate. So you had to learn how to, like, spend time in different areas and focus in different areas. So now when I'm, you know, as I'm living my life, you know, I'm able to separate certain things and just turn it off and then, you know, turn something else on and turn it off, turn something else on. But um, but it also takes time too. I didn't just like start, you know, doing improv yesterday. It took time right. to develop, you know, the foundation to where I can turn it off. Because like when you're trying to learn a skill, you don't, you can't really turn it off when wow. you're trying to learn it because like you're only going to get so far. So right. you, so it's it's taken me. You know, I've been doing improv for like seven or eight years now. Oh, it's dope. Yeah, so I've been doing it a while. So I can actually, so now I can go to to you know fight. Yeah, yeah. It's taking me a while to, to get to this point where I can go to a fight and be all aggressive and angry. Right. And then change my hat. And, and then, then you know, and they go I'm hug everybody. I'm a tree. You know, so, yeah, so I'm able to I'm able to, you know, kind of play with that a little bit easier now. Okay, that's what's up, man. That's 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 awesome. And it's funny, man, just because most people don't have that uh especially that because especially improv, it's such a specific thing. And you've almost had to do it to understand like that different energy, you know, that, and and I've only taken like, I've taken two improv classes at, um, not at Second City, at at the Improv Olympic. 
So that's mm-hmm. the reason I, I have no it. And, and my and my girlfriend, she's an actor, and she's done all, like all she's taking. Like she's done both programs, so she knows it. It's the only reason I know as much about it as I do. But you going from that like hyper aggressive masculine, like yeah, you got to go out there and knock dudes face off, and then you got to turn around and like you said, like I'm a tree, like you know, yeah. you got to act all you know f- weird and you know really have that yes and. So it's crazy, man. But I have a couple more questions for you, man. We get you out of here. So I really do appreciate your time. Man. Nah, no you problem. Know, yeah, man. this is awesome. Um, what are some of the the worst recommendations you've ever heard in your like professional, you know, uh, area, your, your your realm of expertise? What's the worst advice you've heard somebody give somebody in your area area of expertise? In terms of fighting? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's um, you know, now when I look at a fight, I'm so specific about you know fights. And I've been stud and all I do is study fights. I'm so specific about it. And some advice, which seems like it, it's like good advice, it's actually bad advice. Okay. You know, just being like, you know, guys are, oh man, you're gonna be so much bigger than this guy, you're gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. And while that may seem like, you know, on the surface, it seems like it could be good advice. That's bad advice right. because because now you're just neglecting like everything that uh, that's involved in a fight as far as like skill goes. Mm-hmm. And to me, and I see it all the time now. You know, everybody's all, and that's why, and I think that's one of the biggest issues that we have with weight cutting is that guys are just focusing on being the biggest guy. Right. And it only matters when the other person accepts it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have both guys that want to be the bigger guy, yeah, this guy's gonna be, he's gonna win because the smaller guy is gonna be like, oh no, he's bigger than me. Yeah. So. So to me, I'm thinking like that stands out in my mind. I don't know if it's the worst advice, but it stands out in my mind currently because I think that's such a prominent, you know, ideology that we have in MMA today right now. And it definitely puts a, 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 I think, a mental block on people when they start doing that. When they start, you know, having that like that little man complex or whatever the case may be, it definitely messes people up. But um, weight cutting seems like, I mean, do you feel like, do you, do you think there should be like more weight classes, or do you think it's like, you know, people just gotta like just be smarter about their cuts and whatnot, yeah, just in that same room? Ha- having more weight classes isn't really the answer. I think yeah. the answer is is just people have to be smarter about their weight cuts and they also have to find the right weight class for them and not yeah. try to push themselves. I mean, honestly, like if if you're walking around and like, uh, you know, people go, oh, well, he's like right in the middle of these two weight classes. He needs to just go up there and yeah. just find find ways to fight bigger guys. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like you could, there are techniques and strategies to fight bigger guys, like slightly bigger guys being faster. You know, nobody That's ever true. nobody ever complains about, um, man, I just wasn't fast enough. It's always he was bigger <laughs> than me. Yeah. Yeah. When are we ever going to accept that, hey, he had more techniques than you? He, he was faster than you. Yeah. That's, you know, we never accept that. We can accept the fact that, oh, he was so much bigger because that's something that we can see. Right. But because we can't actually see the technique on paper or we can't actually see the speed sometimes, we don't really accept that as much. But those are those are, are, are attributes that have an effect that we just seem to not want to take responsibility for. That's not that's true, man. And it, ah, oh, man, I'd like to see it change, man. But you know how it is. I think we, a lot of us, have that same like mentality. You know, that's still like that stubborn kind of thing for the change. But hopefully, with you know the the, the, the newer champs, like you got the the Kevin Gaslums and you got the Robert Whittakers, the, the guys who were, you know, moving up essentially. Hopefully, that's going to be more of a trend to keep people healthy, man. I tell um, you what, like when you look at that, man, I, I think more guys that moved up actually did better. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, like you said, Whitaker, Gastelum, Dustin Poirier, as yep. they moved up, they did better. Yo, Dustin Poirier looks so good at, at, uh, at 55 and compared at 45, he looked all drawn out and like he wasn't, like he looks like, I mean, dude, he can, he can legit be a champ within the next year. Yeah, at, no at 55. doubt about it's it. crazy. I'm telling you, the way to, the way to, the way to, uh, to show improvement isn't to move down and think you're going to have success. It's to move up and be healthy. That's, that's true. That's it, man. Well, okay, man. So last question for you. Okay. And I appreciate you, brother. I really do, man. This is awesome. Um, what is an unusual habit, an absurd thing that you love? Oh, man, this is going to sound weird, but this is, I love sleeping in my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have like this. I have, like I said, I eat in my car. I'm always in my car and I have this relationship with my car that I have my own office at the gym. Yeah. But even though I have an office at the gym where I could just sleep, sleep in there, I'll go in my car in the parking lot and just go to sleep <laughs> and take a nap. It's that safe I like, space, I like man. sleeping in the car. <laughs> hey, well, I hope you got a big car, man. I hope the whip is at least big enough to, like, you know, lounge in. It's not. That's the thing. It's not. It's like it's. I got a small, compact car. I just lay it back, and I just like to sleep in it. Hey, I've man. always had this, like, obsession. Like, because I, I used to drive. I always used to drive, and, like, I'd stop at, at rest areas and just sleep. So I feel like I get the best sleep in my car. Dude, you know what? I just realized it. That, it's the warrior's way, man. You, you've lived that that warrior lifestyle for such a long time going back and forth and traveling it is it's probably just like yo this is it right here man i'm good it is it really <laughs> is it, it is <laughs> that's great man well then man thank you like a thousand times man thank you so much um one last thing anything you'd like to tell the people on the fight podcast man um getting out any parting shots for us man uh, I guess just uh, check out my short film that I did, Sandbox Memories. Yes, sir. It's on it's on YouTube for free, Sandbox Memories, and uh, and just keep looking out, man. You you're gonna see me in a lot of people's corners coming up in the next couple of months, so uh, just keep looking out. And if you see me in the street, man, I I take pictures for everybody. I like to kick it with everybody. I That's I ain't shy about that. I know, yo. I appreciate it, man. And um, and where can they find you on social media, bro? Everything is under Dean Thomas, but D I N T H O M A S. Yo, how lucky are you that you could actually have your name without some damn underscore or whatever, I'm, man? I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I, I thank my mother every day for for misspelling my name that now I can have it on social media without having to have underscores and numbers to it. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Well, hey, brother, thank you so much for your time. Um, good luck with everything. Good luck with the rest of your career. And truly, man, like I said, th- and this is what I'm doing from now on, man. So I hope that, you know, I can work with you and, you know, speak with you again in the future, brother. Not a problem. Anytime, man. Well, I got your back. Thank you. Thank you again, man. Wait. Cheers to you, man. You have a good one, man. Thank you again. See you. All right. Take care. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was our exclusive interview with MMA legend coach improv aficionado um, and all around uh, good guy Den Thomas uh, I want to thank Den Thomas for being able to come out and speaking with us today Hey, you're listening to The Fight Podcast, and I am Serge Vicente. Um, and again, that was our interview with Dim Thomas. I really hope you enjoyed it. He's a great dude, and I really appreciate this time. And yo. <laughs> um, 
we still, still have a great show lined up for you. I'll still be recapping UFC Fight Night Singapore. We have our prospect alerts and fighter focus still to come. But before that, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Also remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. And make sure to follow me, Serge Vicente, at Serge Vicente. Don't forget to support the show by checking me out on the website, www.thefightpodcast.com, and purchase merch today. Next up, we have our prospect alert. Prospect Alert is where we show love to up-and-coming prospects who have the skills and the talent but might not be a household name just yet. So this week, we're going to take time out to highlight this Olympic silver medalist and future champ, Shakir Stevenson. Record seven wins, zero losses with four knockouts. And now back to your host, Sergio Vicente, to tell us a bit more about this fighter. Yeah, all right. This week's prospect alert is one of the fastest rising stars in boxing, the Olympian, the silver medalist himself, Shakur Stevenson, with a record of 7-0, 4 KOs. The featherweight at 126 pounds is a monster. He is 100% going to be a future champion in the sport. I mean, he's already one of the best prospects out there. And if you guys haven't been able to see it already or see him perform, you need to. Speed, technique, skill, hailing from Newark, New Jersey. This young brother is only 20 years old. It's incredible with his age, how patient and well-schooled he is. With his extensive amateur background, um, and he has the hundreds of fights that he's been doing. Um, if you watch him fight, he's deceptively strong. You notice it when his opponents try to engage in a clinch. The moment that they get close to him, they just get stalemated. He literally stops these guys in their tracks and then just starts landing with pinpoint accuracy and pinpoint precision. He fights extremely tall, which is something that you rarely see out of young fighters. He's long for the weight class, and he always catches his opponents at the end of his strikes. Long jabs, long straight right hands, long hooks, beautiful body work, and you already know what I'm gonna say, his balance going backwards, going forwards. No matter what way he's going, he's never off balance. He never throws from, he never throws wild shots. He, he's, extru- again, like I talked about before, he's so well-schooled. He keeps his opponents again at the end of his punches. He has inc- impeccable, impeccable timing. Um, and one of those things that I've noticed, and that's the thing, if I look at it, yes, he, ha- he does have power. 
But at 126 pounds, you don't think about guys knocking dudes dead at 126 pounds. But what makes his power is his speed. Incredible speed. And he has that same type of sharpness that the Floyd Mayweathers, that the Errol Spence Juniors, that the Devin Haney's have. And that's why he's so interesting to watch. He has so many possible matchups in the future, and the, and the matchups are endless. He has the possibility in the future to face the current champion, Leo Santa Cruz, who just fought against Abner Mares two weeks ago. He, he can fight against in the future Abner Mares. He could also fight the up-and-coming prospect and, and champion Oscar Valdez, as well as former champion Carl Frampton. This featherweight division is stacked. And Shakur Stevenson is somebody who can dominate that division in the very near future. Now, here's the thing. As young as he is, he's going to put on body mass. And the thing is, with his long frame, he's going to slowly but surely put on weight. Before you know it, he'll absolutely be a lightweight. And who knows, in the future, he might be able to make his way to welterweight. Might be pushing, that's like 20 pounds. But still, he easily get in it within the next 10, a couple years. He can easily get 10 pounds. Shakur Stevenson is one of the good guys. He has that that look, that, that glow, that the that these the Sugar Ray Leonard's have the world, the smile, the charisma. And he doesn't have any of the nonsense outside of the ring. Big fan of this kid, big things, big things for him in the future. I am a fan and I will continue um, cheering for this man uh, here and in, uh, in the future. Uh, keep, keep looking at him. Uh, he fights for top rank uh, and you know they're going to bring him up with Bob Rayburn and those boys the right way. All right, you're listening to the Fight Cast, the Fight Podcast, and I am your host, Serge Vicente. All right, this past week, USC Fight Night Singapore was uh, what aired on Fight Pass. Now, Fight Pass, I really enjoy, but let's be honest, not that many people actually have Fight Pass, Especially not at sunrise at 7 a.m. But it's whatever the card is on there. And we're going to talk about a couple of the matchups. The card was headlined by Donald Cowboy Cerrone and the young British striker Leon Edwards. Um, so originally, I'm going to be very, very honest with you. I was not as... Um, enthusiastic about this matchup because at the end of the night, Grant, do I think it was going to be a good matchup? Absolutely. I knew it was going to be a great matchup. But the thing about it is, one, Cowboy has come on some rough times. He has taken losses. Yes, he has uh, his last outing against Yancey Medeiros. He receives a W. But he in that time, he's lost. He lost against... Uh, Robbie Lawler in a split decision. He got KO'd in his fight before that um, against um, uh, man Jorge Masvidal, and um, 
And again, he also got starched, just completely destroyed by Darren Till. So I can't lie. I was really starting to see, ask and wonder, is Cowboy still, does he still have it? Is he, is he ready for this? So, I mean, and you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. All in all, it wasn't a bad fight. Cowboy Cerrone, even though, so on the, on the card, I'll just let you know, um, Leon Edwards pulled out the decision um, with a unanimous decision, 47-48 on all cards. Doesn't mean that I don't think it was close. I, I gave it the same, the same uh, card, uh, the same, should I say, the same points. I, I scheduled it the right way, or should I say the same way? But here's the thing. I don't think Cowboy's done. He started off slow. He lost the first, you know, first round because of a huge knee. Leon Edwards did a great job in the clinch. He he initiated the clinch and landed a huge knee that split, uh, that landed on Donald Cowboy Cerrone's eye. And he was leaking the rest of the fight. So he's sitting there leaking. He has his eye, you know, cut open bad. And I honestly, I think that really made a difference on uh, the fight. But all in all, incredible matchup. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and this is what I look at. When fighters are, when I'm like, prime example, Rashad Evans. He doesn't have it. He, 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 he's gun shy. He, with that dog in him, the pressure, the willingness to engage does not seem to be there anymore. And once that happens with fighters, you know it's time to go. You saw that a little bit with Vito Belfort, not the same, but you see it with Johnny Hendricks. You see what guys, when they're on the decline, but especially right now with Rashad Evans. I did not see that with Donald Crabboy Cerrone. He continued coming forward. He seemed sharp. He seemed fast. And at the end of the day, he was very, very willing to engage. So noticing that, um, maybe he just needed a little bit more time off. Maybe Cowboy was doing too much and taking on too much. Um, But... Let's see what happens. This 170-pound division is stacked, and I cannot wait to continue seeing what happens. Leon Edwards, kudos to you for going ahead and beating a legend. This was a great W for him. Before this matchup, he has not really impressed me. He impressed me this past weekend, which is great. And after the fight, he did something which I love. He called out one of my favorites, Jorge Masvidal, in the stacked 170-pound division. That honestly, looking at the matchups, everybody's pretty much put together. That, that's a great matchup. I think Jorge wins, but it's a fantastic matchup. Great fight. And um, both gentlemen salute to you guys. All right. The co-main was Ovens St. Prue. OSP versus someone who I'm extremely high on, Tyson Pedro. And you know what? I'm not going to stunt. I picked Tyson Pedro in this, but man. What a performance by OSP. The fight kicks off, and I'm be honest with you, Tyson Pedro looked like the better fighter. He was so sharp, snapping punches and kicks. He landed a, a solid jab, and then out of nowhere, super snappy switch kick. 
catches uh, OSP in the head, obviously rocks him. And with that, he throws a straight right hand. Boom. He drops OSP. I jump out of my seat. The crowd is going nuts. I think the fight 100% is over. It's done. It's over. I know it is. Tyson Pedro is the finisher. But yo, the guts on OSP. He gutted it out. They get into a scramble. And then out of nowhere, OSP. And I believe, and again, I got to pull it up really quick. I think he has the most submission wins in light heavyweight history. Grabs us, grabs out of nowhere. Uses brute force and strength and obviously a lot of technique and catches Tyson Pedro, who was a little overzealous trying to get the finish, catches him in a beautiful arm bar. OSP wins the fight. And um, honestly, wow. 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 I, I mean, there's nothing I, I, I can, I can, you have to give him his props. It was a great performance. And um, honestly, this was one of those performances that I totally believed. Totally believe that um, this was going to be the new guys starting to push out those older guys. But one thing this shows me is that Tyson Pedro, as good as he is, as well-schooled as he is, he needs to sure up his grappling. His only other loss in the UFC is against um, Latifi, uh, who is out of Sweden, who is incredible, and he's an incredible grappler. Grappling is Achilles' heel, and until Tyson Pedro remedies that flaw in his game, he will not be able to be champion. He has all the skills. He has the athletic ability. He has that it factor to even be a star. But until he shares up that one glaring hole, he's not going to get there. He's young. He's only in his mid-20s, so I see him happening. But at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. Great performance by um, Ovin St. Preux. Uh, you know, sak basse to all my Haitians out there. <laughs> uh, do you think? All right, the rest of the card was okay. I'm not going to stunt. Uh, Jessica I gets her second win in a row uh, after you know three fight lo- or a four fight losing streak. So it's good to see her back on um, on the winning track, um, especially after uh, after that losing streak, and especially at 125 pounds. And also um, Li Jing Liang, um, who is China's number one fighter right now, and he's fighting in the UFC at 170 pounds, um, picks up a very very good W. Um, we'll see how he does. He's not going to break into the top 10 of that division for a while, but, um, still all in all, the dude is incredible, man. So all in all, look, a solid card. Um, the UFC is giving you this one before their huge cards next week. And again, our show later on this week, I'll break that down. Um, but with that being said, great cards this weekend between the PFL and the UFC. Great, great time. Great job by everybody involved. The fighters, kudos to you guys. And um, with that being said, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of love and show you about a fighter that you may not know. Hey everybody, so our fighter focus today is a fighter who is one of the best MMA fighters in the world who fights outside of the UFC. 
This fighter is well-rounded and making noise in Bellator's featherweight division. With a record of 17 wins and three losses with eight wins by stoppage, fighting out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Emmanuel El Matador Sanchez. Here's your host, Sergio, for more on this week's fighter. All right, all right, all right. All right, with the record of 17 and three, eight of his W's by stoppage fighting out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, out of Roof Sport, Emmanuel El Matador Sanchez. Um, this dude is a beast. And I'm be honest with you, no matter what division, no matter where in the world, or should I say what promotion, this man will compete. Um, his ground game is incredible and he is dangerous from every position. You're not safe, honestly, if you're on top or you're on bottom. He has defeated former Bellator champ and someone who I am extremely high on, Daniel Strauss, with a triangle choke. And he's also beasted, beat in his last outing. Yeah, he beasted in his last outing by which this doesn't even happen. Standing triangle he beat out a standout Sam Cecilia with an arm triangle. His, and let's be honest. Yes, I talk about his grappling, but his striking, being trained by striking great and striking great coach, the head coach at Roof Sport, Duke Rufus. His striking is incredible. His kickboxing is great. He he has incredible clinch, throws beautiful knees, beautiful elbows, and he puts his punches together beautifully. I know, it's a whole lot of beautiful. (laughs) But this dude is just all... all, It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. You see? It's just beautiful. (laughs) Um, This dude is a monster, though. Uh, He's very, very fun to watch. He's dangerous everywhere. Emmanuel Sanchez is one of the top featherweights in the world, no matter what promotion. And if you are a true combat sports fan, this is someone you need to watch. So all in all, everybody, let's give it up for this week's Fire Focus, Emmanuel Sanchez. And my <laughs> All right. You are listening to the Fight Podcast, and I am your host, Serge Vicente. It is great. It is really great being here with you today. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Uh, don't forget get to apply promo code fight for 20% off of your first three months we still have a lot of great show for you to come this week um we're all we're about to really quick uh hit on our ig story polls and uh we're gonna go ahead and knock out uh my uh, my takeaways for the week so really quick our ig questions for the week I asked on our Instagram each week, we go ahead and do our Instagram polls. I want to ask questions to get a little interaction with our listeners and as well as our people who interact with me um, uh, online. So the question was was interesting because a lot of people have been talking about Conor McGregor. 
he has not competed in MMA in historic over two years. Not only has he not competed over two years, he has never, 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 ever, 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 ever defended his title in the UFC. And now, because of his star power, the UFC's lack of champions, and not cha- lack of champions, lack of stars, and his tomfoolery over in New York with throwing the dolly through the bus window and injuring Michael Chiesa and Ray Borg and a number of different fighters and dis- disrupting that card in, uh, in New York. Dana White recently said Khabib Nurmagomedov, the 155-pound champion for the UFC, his next fight is going to be 100% against Conor McGregor. So I had to ask the question, will Conor McGregor be back this year? And I asked yes or no, do people believe he's going to be back? 77% of our listeners in our IG polls believe that yes, Conor McGregor will be back. And you know what, man, part of me wants to agree with you. But it just, I mean, it's hard pressed for me to believe that he's actually going to be back this year. He, the UFC has not, we still do not know the ramifications of what's going to happen from the bus incident. And not only do I not know what's going to happen from the bus incident, um, I don't know what the UFC, if they're going to find him, if they're going to go ahead and kick him out, or if they're going to, what are they going to do? So um, I can't, can he fight in the U.S.? Does this fight have to be in Russia? So I really believe it's hard-pressed. I don't see this fight happening this year. But it could be one of the major fights or the first. It could be the Super Bowl card, um, which they always do a huge card for the Super Bowl in February. So 100%, I can see it being that. But but this year, no dice. I, I don't see that happening, man. Not at all. All right. Um... Moving right along. <laughs> this is episode 19 of the Fight Podcast, and these are my takeaways for episode 19. Takeaway one Yo, the PFL continues to impress. Quality shows, great quality matchups. I just hope, like I talked about being in the show, that they're doing the right marketing so that they can continue to compete with the UFC and Bellator. Otherwise, they're just going to go ahead and dissolve and disappear. And Dana White is pretty much going to go ahead and be Thanos. Hit him with that young snap and those boys are going to disappear. So let's hope that Thanos doesn't make that happen. And they continue to say, because I really do love what they're doing. Takeaway number two. Dana White's Tuesday Night Continues series continues to deliver great action, great matchups, and you know what, man? This absolutely is going to end up replacing The Ultimate Fighter, and yo, it is one of the... Every fight on there is great. This week, you have... One of the uh, one of our former prospect alerts, 
T. Edwards is competing. And you know what? I'm doing what I can to get T on the show, hopefully this week. But um, after he gets his W, hopefully. But T. Edwards uh, is competing. We got uh, we interviewed him a couple weeks ago. Juan Adams is competing also. There are legitimate killers who are um, are there. And you, I, I love what they do. I really do love what they what they're doing. Uh, Dana White, salute to you and the USC for actually having this um, this program. So I love it. It's a great program. And uh, Dana White Contender Series. If you have not watched it yet, it is on UFC Fight Pass. But believe me, just that is worth the ten dollars a month. It, it, it's great. All right. And my final takeaway for this week's episode is that, look, this is just for me. If y'all don't know, I'm a little bit of a comic book nerd. And so is, let's be honest, that, that's kind of the culture of the day. So I'm not, I don't feel bad about it. It's whatever. Um, Marvel's Luke Cage season two is out now. So I will be binging this. So for my takeaway, that is what I'm talking about, man. Uh, I love what they've done and I love how they have brought hip hop to Marvel Comics and continue to bring hip hop to mainstream. It's super dope. I love it. That's my takeaways for the week um, or for episode 19. All right. It's all about all the time I time I have for today. I'd like to thank Dan Thomas for being on this week's show. And make sure to check out his film, Sandbox Memories. It's super dope. Um, like he said in the, in the interview, you can find that on YouTube. Next week, we may have, we're working on it, we may have another exclusive venue lined up, so listen up for that. And we'll be breaking down the upcoming giant UFC card, as well as what's going on with the rest of the combat sports world. This is Serge Vicente, and that is our show for today. Thank you for joining me on episode 19 of the Fight Podcast. Uh, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Remember, sign up www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on our website, www.thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch today. And thank you again, as always. I will see you next time here on The Fight Podcast. Peace out.